Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. And so we return after a short early season sabbatical to ponder whether the man licensed to put up the Crisis Club signage at Premiership Clubs is currently sat in a cafe somewhere off, just off the King's Road awaiting instructions as to whether he should head to North London or not. It's been a generally positive month for the Mighty Blues, but I suspect the past seven days will form most of the talking points of this instalment of our venerable podcast. Joining me, Dick Kaiser or Johnny as I'm otherwise known, are Mark25, who is Mark, Good evening. Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. Good evening. And Grocer Jack, who is Tony. Bonsoir. Right, we'll kick off with a general overview. Um, up until Newcastle last Saturday, um, since our, our last instalment, we'd, um, we'd had a, a pretty good run. We'd beaten Cardiff, Schalke, Manchester City and Arsenal, um, albeit a, a sort of in a slightly second-string sort of way in the League Cup. Um, and then... The An Oktoberfest of... Winning yeah. football, I think we could call it. It, it, it was all looking good. I, I can't remember. I think the, the stats for October that we, we scored eighteen goals and conceded three, and um, and it was all looking quite rosy. And then um, Newcastle last weekend was um, well, frankly, a bloody debacle. Um, a good a good win against Schalke, which um, pretty much set the Champions League off as as much as we wanted. I think we need a point from the last two games, which we should get. Um, and West Brom yesterday, which frankly, had we recorded it last night, I think um, there'd have been a lot of shouting. But on reflection today, I actually don't think it was quite as bad as it seemed. Um, Mark, you were keen to um, keen to get things going, so I'll kick off with you. <coughs> Your views on, uh, on the last month or so? Um, my memory's not so good anymore so I can sort of only really remember what happened yesterday <laughs> or this morning um, I, I mean overall I, I suppose our recovery from our poor start in the Champions League to win three games on the trot and now be top of the group and looking almost certainties to qualify is good it's terrific yeah um, but in terms of yesterday and um, you saying had we spoken last night you would have shouted but now that you've had a day of reflection it wasn't quite so bad I'm afraid I've been unable to move on quite as hastily as that. I see. And and to be honest, I would describe yesterday as turgid dross. Right. Um, pray, pray continue. Um, you're the name of a death metal band to me. Yeah, they're good, actually. <laughs> I, got their, I got their first... Vinyl. Um, <laughs> now, I, I would... In terms, in terms of the quality of the football, I... I mean, it is a leisure activity. It is not about um, getting good returns on the stock market where I just need a few percent here and there and I'm happy. Mm. It's not about just results for me. It's got to be entertaining at the same time. And, and if I'm perfectly honest, aside from the Arsenal game away where I was thoroughly entertained, I thought we were fantastic. Mm. Our passing was sharp and um, progressive. Um, we were breaking... Well, I'm, I really enjoyed that game. Apart from that game, this season hasn't yet started for me in terms of entertainment. And it's all been a bit of a struggle to the point where it's sort of half-time. I'm thinking, um, what can I have for half-time in terms of beer and a very nice sausage sandwich in the West End Lower? Mm. And yesterday, I left for the first time in years before the end. And I was, it was before the penalty, so we were still 2-1 down. Right. And, and this was to go meet my wife at the Westfield shopping precinct to go and watch Philomena with Judy Dench at 6.20. I wanted to get there on time and early so I could have something to eat first. Now, I don't know whether it's the football or whether it's me. Um, last week, I bought my... 
myself a man bag because I was away on a conference in Cologne and I needed to carry my laptop. <laughs> it, was a very, it was a very nice shoulder <laughs> leather affair. Um, so I'm, I'm walking around this bag and I'm rushing off from football to watch Judy Dench. So it could be and good performances. And if Chelsea could do the same, I'd be delighted. You'd be a happy man. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, Who at Chelsea would be Dame Judy Dench? I think that's the question. Um, it's got to be one of the Frank older Lam- ones. Frank Lam- I was going to say age. Yeah. Probably Eden Hazard in terms of the way she'd probably have the potential to slide over if she ran at high speed into a penalty area. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, I, I would agree. With you. Yes, yesterday was actually no. I'll quantify it. I went. I went to Newcastle last weekend, and it, and it was appalling. We we sort of stroked the ball about in the first half, and not with any particular purpose. But you know, it, it's sort of it's almost like you could suggest we were, we were being Arsenal fans of a few seasons ago and shouting, well, we had 70% possession, but did precisely fuck all with it. Um, and there was there was a lot of impressive stroke of the ball about, no real penetration, and got to the second half where I, I can't, I genuinely can't remember a worse second half of football under under Abramovich. I'm sure there will be plenty that, you know, our memories are fairly short. And um, I'm sure that, that, that people will be able to suggest plenty of others. Um Yesterday, in all honesty, I, I genuinely think that there's possibly a too much expectation in terms of what we think we're going to do against teams like West Brom. I think there's an expect, expectation, because Mourinho is back, we'll, we'll roll over and beat them 3-0. It'll, be, it'll all be terribly entertaining. It'll all be great fun, and that'll be that. West Brom turned up, and I think they were, they were good value for their, for their point. I think probably robbed if we're being brutally honest um, and they set up they, they were the best parking the bus team there a friend, well, I spoke to a friend of mine about this yesterday in the pub and, and we agreed that they were by far and away the best team to park the bus at the bridge they're a big team um, against uh, as, as has been noted elsewhere a fairly small forward line so hoofing the ball long is never going to work because they're going to hoover that up all day um, we couldn't see we, we put plenty of crosses in but just none of them seemed to find the target I can't I can't say it's it's all bad there's certainly issues that need addressing um, which I suspect we will do I, I think there's a lot of square for me there's a lot of square pegs in round holes at the moment um, Tone you I, th- I thought you were going to have a shout-up tonight, but you, you seem to suggest you were feeling a little more positive. So, give us yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, and I, I didn't hear very much of what Mark had said. I think I might have a bit of a, an issue. There was a lot of dropping out, so I can't even... Uh, so I, I, This is genuinely uninfluenced by anything that Mark has said, because I really only heard some Norman Collier bits from him. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah, but everyone else is okay, so I don't know. It could just be my broadband or whatever. won't worry about that now. Um, I... Thought we were. I did hear the bit where he said he only really enjoyed Arsenal. I think. I thought mm. against Manchester City we were absolutely magnificent. Against what the best team I've seen at Stamford Bridge since I think the time they came before when they scored after thirty seconds and pulled us all over the park for half an hour. Um, mm. I thought we matched them, if not for skill, but for sheer bloody-minded spirit and um, and and refusal to to lie down when they were having good portions of the game I thought we were 
It was a good bit of determination about that performance. I yeah, was uh, uh, but we were we were happy on the break. We had Torres, who was absolutely furious with everything and everybody, um, and that seems to be what sparks him into life. Um, Arsenal, I would call did, that. Did he get sent off this time? No, he didn't. No, uh, Arsenal. I thought we were. It was a perfunctory win for me. I mean, second string or not, they their second string, our second string. You know, if we'd lost that game, we'd have been on a hiding to nothing in the press and media, and it would have all been glory, glory bloody Arsenal and uh, um, I, I'm quite happy that we put them to bed and put them back in their box um, yeah. but yesterday uh, forgetting Newcastle it was a debacle I wrote the the report I said as much in that I think and mm. uh, I'm deeply unhappy never thought I'd, after the Man City and Arsenal goes, I actually never thought we'd go back to those kind of apathetic half arsed can't be arsed lunchtime bollocks displays but the, the noise coming from St James's Park was silence I think that said yeah, everything yeah. you need to know. I mean, I detest lunchtime games anyway. I think it's too early yeah, for shot. people. And, you know, no matter how much you build it up, doesn't matter who the opponent is, it just is a flat arsed atmosphere in there anyway. Well, um, I, would, I, would, I would point out that you would have tried drinking a pint of Stella in the departure lounge at Gatwick at half past <laughs> six in the morning. <laughs> it's bloody hard work, frankly. It's... Yeah. <laughs> it, it, no small degree of effort trying to get that, um, that uh, going. Uh, well, anyway. And well done you for seeing it through, that's what I'll say. Yes, thank that, you. Yeah. Uh, Show more yeah. commitment to the team. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, um, you know, I th- did think the first half was, it was dull, it was there wasn't much going on. They had parked the bus. We do have an issue trying to break that down. And, and that is a worry when we have the creative Herberts, um, copyright Dr. Blue Bio, um at our disposal and I think there's a concern that a lot of teams are going to come and do that and Mourinho's yeah. Mark 1 Chelsea would have powered belted its way through just sheer power and you know we're not going to allow this to get in our way this lot this tricky dicky passing stuff it, we were overpassing it. we were a bit Arsenal yesterday um, and that was a yeah. worry but the last 20 minutes after they scored I loved it I thought we were absolutely coming at them um, you know, we weren't getting the breaks, but you know, Bar should have scored. Williams should have scored. Um, frankly, I think you know, by the time we got the penalty, we should have already been three or four two up. I really do think that. And on another day, we may well have had that. There, there was a, a real. I was impressed with quite a few of the players. I have two major concerns. Yesterday, Peter Check. I think that that second goal was diabolical. That was up goalkeeping. You know, and on the near post again, it, although old bit just on that side of it, but that was shocking to let that in. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it, it was a bad error. You know, keepers make bad errors occasionally, and, and it's unfortunate. But I, he's been know, a bit I, too I, suspect for me. I think he he's too rooted to his line. I'm I'm getting quite critical of Peter Check because he hasn't got the competition. I've said it here before. Nothing's going to change my opinion. He's no better than Ed DeHoy. He's a shot stopper on his day. Oh, I don't know about that. He's no, yeah, sorry. No, he's, oh, yeah, that's harsh. Well, I don't. He's a flapper. And he, he, he just looks to me like he doesn't command his box. And I, I've got a real problem with the fact that he's number one. There's no one. Mark Schwartz is not a competition. He's a backup. There's no competition for that place. And I just think that is a mistake. No, I, hang on. But I, I, I'd argue that... I, actually, there is competition because... Or albeit, oh, you've gone now. Yeah, the sitting in Madrid. Check, check has Courtois breathing down his neck. Albeit, yes, he has a bad game, but he's there. 
and and I suspect Czech is very aware of the fact that probably the best young young goalkeeper in Europe is is sitting there waiting to to snap up his spot. So I, I'd argue that there is competition there. All right, it's not traditional competition in the in the way that we we usually imagine it. But I, I I'm just you know yes yesterday I think yeah it was it was a poor it was a poor goal to concede. But I think keep, keepers do make that mistake sometimes. But I, I I'm struggling to to think of a a time. In well, there's certainly this season where Czech has cost us. I, I'm I'm struggling. If anyone can can lob anything at me that, that suggests otherwise, then I'll I'll take it. But I'm I'm struggling on that one. Yeah, and I can't really defend. I can't I can't defend Tony's comment that um, Peter Czech is no better than um, Ed De Hoy. Well, you know, it's my view, and I'm sticking with it. No, but you're not going to say that, right? Yeah, it may well be. I think the, my bigger problem yesterday. No, 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 fair enough. I, I, yeah, no, well, you know, my bigger, my bigger issue yesterday, rather than play a chair, I mean, that's what we've got. We've you Tony it. there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hello, hello. Oh, excellent, right, splendid. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, my bigger problem, and I have sort of alluded to it in the report, I've just submitted the report, was um, was the, 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 the decline I'm seeing in Frank Lampard. I think, um, I think yesterday he was a passenger, and when he went off, I think it was 20 minutes too late. I, I wouldn't be picking Yeah, him. I'd... I, I'd have him on the bench, but um, I have alluded to it. In I, I just wonder whether subconsciously, I think well, now, he's hit the target, and um, maybe he's, uh, subconsciously something's gone. I think. Okay. Well, listen. We'll, we'll come back to that. We um, we'll, is it me losing everyone, or is um, no, no? Uh, Tony's dropping out. Quite Tony's a lot. I think the gods, the gods have been upset. By his outrageous. <laughs> no, no, but I, I did say. You're, Ed de Hoy. Yeah, you're dropping Up on out Mount Olympus. Yeah. We have technical issues. Hold on a minute. Right. Is everyone still here? Yes. Speak I'm now. sorry. Yeah. You're I mean, the problem is, anyone who can spend time in their understair cabinet with Peter Crouch will obviously find Ed de Hoy quite attractive. <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing that Ed de Hoy were... did, did look Dutch porn star, didn't he, as I recall? Bit, yeah. In answer to John's uh, point, I can't tell you the games, but I think there have, and I'm not necessarily siding with Tony here, but there, there have been a couple of times this season um, where I think perhaps an error by Louise or someone else has has been what everyone's focused on, but one or two people have picked up on the fact that you would have expected uh, Czech to have done better. Right. Uh, I'd have to go back and, and dig out reports and stuff. Whether that's actually, whether that's a gradual falling away or just you know any goalkeeper is going to you're always going to look at a goal and say perhaps the goalie could have done better. I don't think he's he's made as egregious. That's a good word, isn't it? Egregious oh, oh. an error as he did um, yesterday for a good while. But there have been questions perhaps about his you know, general positioning on some, you know, there's been a few goals that you'd say he might want back. Mm, okay. Um, Daniel, I just, we've, we've not brought you in yet on the, on the general overview of um, mm. the last month or so. So your general thoughts on, um, on October and early November. Mm. Unfortunately, I haven't seen, um, I was at Schalke on Wednesday, at the Schalke game Wednesday. Mm. I've missed uh, quite a few games, um, uh, Seeing them live, or you were away, weren't you, for a, a wee while? Yes, I was. I was walking. I was walking the ancestral homelands in the kingdom for a ah. week, and then uh, various other things. But um, my my general impression is that 
how do we put this? I, I, I have a worry that the, the, the bus parking is going to be part of what Chelsea have to face mm. an awful lot of the time. And yes, I suspect that's going to be life for the, the way the team is currently constituted. Um, doesn't appear to be able to cope with bus parking by, you know, decent teams. I think we've said before that you have to, I think, give credit to the Premier League in general in that an awful lot of the teams around the middle and, and upper reaches of the table, they're, they're, they're more than just competent now. They, they've always got... They may come and park the bus, but... You know they they, they can, can they can play a bit of football as well. They can play a bit of football, and you know it's not just they're not just going to sit there for ninety minutes just hoofing the ball down the pitch. Yeah, they're they're looking for opportunities. They're looking for those moments when people get out of position and so on. And I, I, as the, the way the team is currently set up, um, doesn't appear to be able to cope with that. I missed the City game, but obviously Joe Hart made a howler. But I think a lot of people would might have settled for a point against City. The the, the yeah. Saw some of the the Carling, uh, the Capital One Cup against Arsenal, but again, when you're talking about City and Arsenal, you're talking about teams who are not going to come apart the bus. It is the bus parking teams that concern me. And um, I was at the Cardiff City game. Yes, it was a, a daft goal to give away, and eventually we broke them down, and, and were fairly comfortable. And now Cardiff, I think, are going to be at the the lower end of, of the bus parkers that they're on, you know, they've only just got the old PSV license. Some of these other teams are much more experienced like West Brom, you know, Newcastle, although they were at home, they, they adopted similar tactics. And we've seen today with the game against Tottenham, they are very capable teams. They've got some, some finishes, they've got some ball players, but they've also got organization. And, it's difficult to put your finger on it. I think someone made the point on, on one of the social media that it's difficult to criticise Mourinho's selection if you don't know what he's trying to achieve with that selection. Um, now, you could also say that that didn't seem to inhibit people <laughs> in Rafa and various other people were managing the team. But, but on, on a personal level, you know, and it has to be said that throughout the whole of human history, there have only probably been about five people, including uh, females, babies and anyone else, who were worse than me at playing football. But as it seems to me, uh, the Ramirez-Lampard thing, I think, is, is the nub of the problem. I, I don't think that works. And I, I think... No, I don't either. I think it breaks the rhythm of the team. And watching them against Schalke the other night, watching them at Cardiff... We do play this, we're going to hold the ball until we basically put everyone to sleep and then there might be an opening. There's no cadence to the football and they'll play it around the back four. I know retaining possession is a big part of football and I'm not against the chess match style of football, but there's no cadence to the way they play. Uh, people like You can see that people like William, William um, Hazard, Matter, people like that, they're, they're most effective when there's, a, when there's a tempo, when there's a cadence, and, and there isn't that, and they've got to somehow achieve that. And, you know, it's difficult to say how. Mikel and, and, and um, the Forgotten Man, I say the Forgotten Man because I've actually forgotten his name. Um, <laughs> Michael Etienne. The, 
God bless, God bless Michael the Essien. Alzheimer's. God help us. My memory is worse than Mark. Um, <laughs> Mikel and Essien, very good against Arsenal, but I'm not for a minute suggesting that that's necessarily the combination that's going to work yeah. against bus parkers because they weren't playing against the bus parking team. They have to sort that out. How they do it, I don't know. I was a bit disappointed to see some people suggesting that almost a la the uh, ice hockey world that we've got too many small people, we need to get bigger. I don't think it's that either. I just think... Well, I don't think that's the kind of football we're, we're aiming at. Yeah. There's a, been a very concerted move away from that sort of big mm. physical... Yeah. If that's, the case, if that's the case, though, why is our whole style of play based around um, five or six horizontal passes before getting it out to um, Branislav Ivanovic? Mm. who then hoofs it into the box when we only have midgets up front. Mm. Well, that, see, is our, did, that is plan I, did, I didn't think... We were actually... We crossed the ball quite a lot yesterday um, and got forwards and, and, and cut, we didn't get behind them as such, but we put a, a number of crosses into the box. It was just the quality of it, 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 it. You know, not beating the first man or... It just it wasn't quite working. But no, I agree. Brannis is not the answer because he is simply not a very good footballer. And that's, that's no disrespect to him. I think he's an excellent defender. But over the halfway line, everything just goes horribly wrong. But how many, how many um, games have we started and, and achieved, you know, within the first five or ten minutes, achieved some sort of settled tempo where you think, yeah, we're, you know, we're into our stride here. I'm not saying that we have to score bagfuls of goals or anything, but where you just feel that the team is in... You know, is, is is moving the ball with purpose, and and there's a there's a tempo, there's a feel, there's a pace to the game that is going to give the other team problems. That doesn't seem to happen. Arsenal I mean, is the only time I can remember it. And that that for me, Which you is know, there's other ways to win football games, but as currently constituted and the type of players that we're, like you say, that we've been buying in, you feel that it's it's about that sort of type of game that they're trying to play. Now, Mourinho would appear to be selecting players that are not going to give him that type of result because out wide from the fullbacks and in the centre of midfield, he doesn't appear to have the players who are going to give the front three or four the, the service at that sort of pace. You know, Hazard, you've got to give Hazard a chance man on man, haven't you? But he's usually man on three. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. He was, the he was well surrounded yesterday. Um, but on the on the occasions where he actually managed to get forward, I, I think the first time he really did it with any purpose in the first half was led to the goal, um, and and he's he's sort of almost he's almost sort of matter esque in the sense that if you can't actually get him the ball, I know this this sounds daft for any footballer, but if you can't actually get him the ball, then there's no point in having him on the pitch because he, he's not going to, he's not going to tackle back. He's not going to be, you know, the extra man in midfield that, that helps out and, you know, helps dig the trench when things are looking a bit, a bit bleak. You know, if he doesn't have the ball and if he can't run at people, then, then he's, he's kind of, a, you know, a bit of a spare part. Um, for me, I, I'll stick a theory in and, um, and we can, agree or disagree as um, as you see fit but I, I actually think that in terms of the back four being unsettled for me is a problem and, and I'm, we've done reasonably well I think October we conceded no we, we conceded four goals after um, the Basel game um, in that, that run until Newcastle um, and 
actually looked reasonably solid, and then it, it's all sort of gone slightly wrong. So the, the back four has been reasonably good. For me, it's it's the Lampard Ramirez thing, as Don alluded to. I just don't re- think it, it when it works, it's fine. But when we're up against two banks of four and we're without the ball for any degree of time, it just doesn't seem to work and I can't put my finger on why that is or what we need to do to remedy it. I, I personally would play Mikel more often but then there's there will inevitably be shouting about well you know why do you need a, a sort of a player like Mikel when um, when we're at home against a lesser side but yeah Lamps to me is a problem and I'll, I'll stick a theory in that um, a friend of mine mentioned yesterday which I thought was a very good point um if we cast our mind back a few seasons to um, to Jose's first stint, Joe Cole, who who took an, an enormous amount of stick from Jose, and most of it, I think, fairly justified. Um, I think it was the game against Fulham where he was dreadful for the first 20 minutes. He, he couldn't hold on to the ball. And Jose just dragged him off, substituted him, and there was, there was a bit of hoo-ha in the press and so on and so forth. Now, as controversial as it might seem, I thought Frank had that kind of game yesterday. The first 20 minutes, he was absolutely all over the place. He couldn't hold on to the ball. He got booked fairly early on. For a, um, for a late tackle, wasn't it? Similar to what he yeah. did against City, I think, wasn't it? Very similar yeah. to that, yeah. Well, I think the, the one against City was sort of that... There was an element of taking one for the team. He, you know, he was doing it for but a reason... He, Yes, he had got away with one in the first half that should have been a booking. I think Howard Webb just sort of smiled benevolently at him at that one because, right? You know, okay. yeah, but it was the, the second one against City was a repeat of that, and I think Howard yeah. said, "Like you know, you've had your chance or whatever." But yeah, sorry, go on, carry on. But, but, that's that point. but yeah, but I think uh, the, the point that, that my pal made, and I, th- I thought it was actually a very good one, was that with Frank Lampard. Such, such would be the hoo-ha and, oh, you know, his Chelsea career's over, it's it's disastrous. I don't think Mourinho could actually make the decision to take a player like him off after 20 minutes. He could do it with someone like Joe Cole. But when it's Frank Lampard or John Terry or one of the, you know, one of the, the old guard that he's, you know, come back and said, you know, I still hold a, a lot of faith in these guys. Could he do it? And I don't think, I think, well, he could, he can obviously do it but the fallout would be as such that whether it would be too costly in terms of grief hassle whatever else you choose to call it um but i thought frank had that kind of game yesterday you know we're all huge frank lampard fans on here and um i mean it's a bit like the oscar situation which i think was always bound to happen uh, and i'm sure even as i speak oscar's probably um, <clears throat> working his way through the UK border agency procedures and heading off to fly four times around the globe before we see him again. Mm. He's looking tired, and that's not surprising because he's no. basically not stopped playing football for three or four years. Solid. Yeah. We all agreed you know, that Lampard had a very good second half of the season last season. But I'm sure coming into this year, everyone thought, right, we've got all these other players. Frank's in there, he's a senior player get him on and use him in the games where we feel he's going to be useful. He can start games or he can finish games. He can contribute. He's still capable of scoring goals as he showed last year. But I don't think anyone would have contemplated the fact that he'd be playing a sort of double pivot role game after game after game after game when it patently, to me, is not producing the results. When I say results, yes, we're winning games, but it's not 
you know, it's it's not. Maybe it's doing. He's doing what Jose wants him to do, but for me, it doesn't appear to be particularly. It doesn't appear to be working. That's all I can say. Mm. You know? um, and can I just say one other thing yeah, to on. fire up the debate and ensure that we we're all pilloried from now to you know next breakfast time. Um, Last time we were here, we were all talking about um, Mourinho's substitutional abilities and, you know, his great track record in this. Mm. Yesterday, I've always thought that the substitution things, statistically, I bet if you looked at it, that there's as many good as bad and bad as good. Oh, yeah. He, he, he made his major play yesterday. And we went 2-1 down. And no one's mentioned that, that I've seen here, there or anywhere. No, true. I, I, mean, I think, to me, the same... Again, I'm not criticising him. I'm just saying it just shows no, I, you I that, think it's, it's, you know, it's changing up the game. No, go on, don't be apologetic. Go on, criticise him. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a spineless, guardian-reading, liberal, wishy-washy... I mean, I blame Mourinho. It's all his fault. <laughs> no, um, seriously. Everybody else blames the players. Whereas under Benitez, they always blame Benitez, or under any of our previous 26 managers, they always blame the manager. Apart from Mourinho, who is so special, you're not allowed to criticise the bloke. I mean, our plan A football is um, very poor. It's sideways passing, out to Ivanovic, useless cross. The plan B is to wait till we go down by one goal and then play three at the back and hope we can um, somehow resurrect Correct it. I mean, has he? Imp- we went four four two. First. Yeah, we did. Has he improved a single player? Torres, I'd say, yes. It seems better. So let's give him credit for that. We'll say Mourinho has done something to Torres. I think Terry's improved. Terry's improved. Where he was under him. I mean, Hazard is running around like a headless chicken. Matter is um, in no man's land on the way out. Luis has not been made more reliable. And Ramirez, I mean, his passing yesterday was unbelievable. It was. You can't describe it as passing. It was just kicking the ball wildly in any direction. I think. I mean, it's an interesting point. There's, there seem we seem to be wedded to, or certainly as a starting formation, we seem to be wedded to this four-two-three-one. Um, I, I, and I, I, I get desperate about about disappearing to all this tactical wankery about formations because I think it's just it's all a bit tedious and dull. But we seem. We seem to be sort of set on this kind of two men at the base of midfield, and the big the big issue about it all, and I think it, it goes back in terms of confidence for the defence of, of who's in front of them, um, in terms of getting the ball forward. I think we suffer, but neither Ramirez or it, it gets nothing out of Ramirez or Lampard when. Ramirez is allowed to go forward and use the energy he's got and, and kind of burst through and and break. He's far, far better than he is sort of floating around in front of the defence trying to get balls forward to Oscar and everyone else. Um, and Frank, yeah, it's it's just not working for me. It, it's If you're going to play Ramirez, then for me, you have to play Mikel next to him. Um Frank, I think, would probably be better served if he was played further forward because he's still got the ability to pass and pick a goal out every now and again. But he's not going to have to do as much running, so it seems logical to me that you play him further forward where he's not having to collect the ball so much and 
graph with it that he's actually stood there to receive it that's i'll you know i'm lobbing my four penneth in there but to me the whole setup just doesn't really work now is that Mourinho? i I'm not, you know, I'm not defending. I agree with you to a, to an extent. I think that the football's been relatively dull. But in all honesty, had we recorded this, you know, ten days ago, we'd have been on the back of a an excellent October where we scored a lot of goals, didn't concede many, won every game, and I suspect we'd probably all be be saying something entirely different. Yeah, but the majority of football has been turgid, in my view. I mean, most games I've left fairly uninspired. Um, and yes, he's got to take the blame. I mean, um, people say you've got to give people time. Well, he's been in um, the job for um, three months at least, you know, from early August. Now, I'm not expecting him to have turned it round so that we can outplay Bayern Munich in the way that they outplayed us or that we can outplay Barcelona. But I would have thought three months is enough to get some basic organisation where we would do more than just scrape, luckily, one point out of two games against Newcastle and West Brom. You know, yesterday we, we luckily got a penalty. I didn't see it. I was watching Judy. Uh, but from what I heard, it was a lucky penalty. And without that penalty, we'd have got no points against Newcastle and West Brom. Now, surely in three months, he should be doing a little bit better than that. He is the one who's making us play this way. No one else. Well... <laughs> I mean, that's all right, fair point, but ultimately, the two goals we conceded today, can you blame Mourinho for those? Well, no, I don't think you can. I, you know, the first goal, both Terry and, I think it was, it was Terry and Cahill, check pushed out, Terry and Cahill were rooted to the spot and Shane Long nodded at home. It was Lampard, Lampard and Terry. Cahill, oh, okay. as someone, as people have pointed out, Cahill was actually fouled by being blocked off. Um, oh, okay. That's, earlier in the move, I, I couldn't see from. Um, I was at the other end, so and, I couldn't and, really see that. I mean, um, Czech did fall on his ass, didn't he? Because from the first save, so he couldn't get back up in time to. Yeah. To, to yeah, but that was a decent save. I think that was a bit harsh to say he fell on his ass. Yeah, Maybe no. Was was saying, but anyway, look. Forget these two goals. Forget the goals. It doesn't matter. Look at our no, overall no, performance. It does. And look at no, no, no. Look at just look at how we played. No, it was, and look and look at how we played against Newcastle. That was that. I mean, Newcastle was. I don't personally. I don't think we played badly yesterday. <laughs> Newcastle was terrible. Yeah. I sat and watched, and and we all looked at each other at half time, thinking, "Christ, can this get any worse?" And yes, lo and behold, it did. It did. Yeah. Yesterday, I, d- I genuinely don't think. I think expecting to roll, you know, to, to play super fluid football and and pass the likes of West Brom off the pitch. They're a big side. They came with, you know, let's be honest, a manager who is probably better equipped than anyone to know how Mourinho is going to set up. They sat there with two banks of four, big centre-halves, and, and they repelled everything. And yeah, I don't think a number of the players are on their game. But I, th- I think to expect that we, we're, we're just going to sort of blow teams like that away every week... Is is probably a bit. I don't think it's a question of blowing teams away, John. I, 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 whether whether we were sitting here before the Newcastle West Brom or after it, I still think that uh, because I, I have thought it for some time is that, and and it's it, it's always been a problem, I suppose, for many seasons, and it's always a, the thing that 
big teams always have to work on is breaking down the bus parking. Mm. And I just think they, they went out very flat against Newcastle and they came out pretty flat yesterday. Now, in between, they weren't all that against Schalke. They were efficient enough, but yeah. it was a goalkeeping error that gave us the first goal. Um, Schalke didn't have a lot to offer and West Brom certainly had more and Newcastle had more to offer than, than Schalke. But in three games running, three games in a week, they've come out and they've been... I didn't see the first half at Newcastle. I listened to the first half on radio yesterday, West Brom. I saw the first half at Schalke. But the overall, the overwhelming feeling is that they're doing enough. They're following what they're supposed to do, but there's no, there's no spark. And by that, I don't mean that I expect them to have 50 shots on goal in 10 minutes or anything like that. I just... Just to get the feeling that they're they're moving the ball around, that people are moving, that people are confident, that there's something happening, and I don't know. It just it's it's very flat. I'm not saying it's appalling. It, I'm not saying that it, it's insurmountable and it won't get better over time. But as we sit here at the moment, they seem to have a problem with actually getting pace into the game from early on, and and turning out the same basic formations and with one or two exceptions pretty much the same players you could ask yourself surely it's time to change it up or do something else I don't know Reasonable Tone your, your, your thoughts on um, <clears throat> on what Donald and Mark have just said well, I, I've quite enjoyed it I think Newcastle was poor across the channel. I've told you why I think that is, and the, the managers can say it's nothing to do with lunchtime. And that, but I, I, I still think that you know the players are, are, are affected by that crappy bloody kick-off time as the fans are. Um, yeah, I, I, I've said it before uh, earlier today. I th- the last twenty minutes yesterday, I thoroughly enjoyed. I was on my feet constantly, and that's what I, that's what I go to football to see. I was jumping up and down, shouting, yelling. Moaning a lot, but you know, um, you know. I think <laughs> there was, was a bloke behind. I, was a bloke behind complaining? I've, you've seen me, Mark. I'm five foot four. He'd have to be a bloody <laughs> midget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but the uh, the um, the other side of it, I think, is is that I think there are positives in what we do, and I think. Um, certainly, I think the football that we've seen recently is no more turgid than some of the rubbish we saw with Benitez. You know, throwing away two nil draw, uh, two nil wins against you know uh, should be wins against Reading, losing at home to QPR. In what is still to me is one of the worst games I've ever seen at Stamford Bridge. And, and you know, I think we we have got short memories. But for me, I think one of the key things is that. Um, I've, I've seen some positives. I've seen Cahill. I think has is is, is is improved as well. I think he looks solid with, with JT. Um, I, I'm deeply impressed by Samuel Etu, a man I didn't want yeah, to no, see no, wearing a blue shirt. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll second that. I'll third that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, his goal was um, something that Lineker, Rumeniga, and Gert Muller would have been proud of. It's just the poaching ability of the man. Carry on. Just, you know. Um, so I, I, I do like um, some of the stuff, and I, I agree there is a bit of a flatness. But I, personally, I think it's the, the Ramirez. Um, Lampard thing does not work when Mar- Ramirez has been teamed up with Mikel in that you've got a very definitive holding player and a very definitive burgeoning you know hustle bustle a man who played brilliantly against Yaya Toure you know and had a fantastic game against City I thought mm. Ramirez did um, 
but there is there is a spark missing, and I, I do wonder whether it, I mean, it's a nice problem. And I've, on the report I've put in, I've said it's almost because there's a surfeit of fabulous players to choose from, and it's like trying to find the right mix. Hello. I agree. Hello. I agree. No, you're still there. Yeah. You keep dropping out, Tony. Yeah. yeah so, I, I, what I, we'll I mean, do is um, in, next week we will fill in the missing half sentences. Yeah. If people can splice the thing back, it'll, it'll it come be out a soon. Competition soon. for our listeners. Fill in yeah. the missing. Yeah. <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> in the plural. Yeah. No. In, in the there's there's two um things running in parallel. The one we can hear Tony is sort of praising what's going on with um Mourinho and the way we're playing. In the missing one. He's completely slagging them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sort of... <laughs> it's one of Schrodinger's cat type of presentation, yeah, isn't it? it? There's, he's praising him and rubbishing him at the same time. Absolutely. But it depends where you are as to what you hear. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I haven't got a down... I'll probably sound like I've got a down on the whole thing. I, it, this is just a, an evolution of, of, of the way we're playing, I assume. But I just, um, I just I, think that, you know, we don't... Um, we seem too flat to me all the time, uh, and that's something I'd, I like. You say the last uh, twenty minutes or whatever yesterday, but then that's because it was on the line. They had to get some, some sort of result out of it. Yeah. Um, it it shouldn't take it should it shouldn't take that to to get them sparking. Obviously, once West Brom went two one up, West Brom were bound to withdraw and pull back. You know, now if we'd equalised. Would we have gone on and won it, or would West Brom have suddenly done a bit of a pushback and nicked another goal? Wouldn't that say? I did, to me, yesterday it was brilliant, but I, did, I think the, the way West Brom was set up, as I thought about it, actually, it, it wasn't quite. It, it didn't feel quite as disastrous after the event that it did at the time. Um, I think we were. P- Probably the goal was unfortunate. Czech's error was terrible. Uh, to the goal um, in the way that the, the two players set about Ivanovic. Um, you know, had Denver Bar managed the to reason, the reason they should have had the free kick, John, was because he he jumped in with both feet. Yeah, it was, it was both feet left the ground. It, you could argue he could have had a straight red mm. on another day if Ivanovic had gone down screaming, claiming yeah. contact. He could have been sent off. Yeah, and that's and that's what Shearer. And Lineker et al. last night completely missed. They showed the sort of wrestling that went on afterwards when they should have been focusing on the fact that the bloke went in two feet off the ground, jumping down. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not Didn't good. Did get sent off against Fulham for something like that a couple of years ago? Players yeah. regularly get sent off for it. Yeah, the fact the guy, the guy landed before Ivanovic probably lets him off. Because he didn't actually go into his ankles, he he landed before he got to Ivanovic, but he jumped off the ground with both feet, and that, you know, yeah, it's it's not on. That's it's not in the modern it's game it's anymore. No. We'll come on to match of the day later. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, so yeah, I think, and ultimately, you know, it's it's interesting to watch. You know, our point at Old Trafford probably doesn't look quite as as bad as we maybe thought it was at the time after this afternoon's game um, Liverpool Liverpool are probably looking the tidiest team out of out of all of them because they're, they're being consistent and they're you know they're getting results and they're scoring goals um, 
whether that continues, you know, I would also say that yes, all right, we don't look fantastic at the moment. It's difficult to see where the great performances are coming from, but you don't want to be football in in October. It's in, in October and November. You know, we need but to be. How seeing. are you going to compete with Judy Dench? You're talking about Liverpool, Man United, and all this. Mm. Well, quite. Mark's point is, how do we compete with Westfield and Judy, Judy Dench, Dench on a Saturday evening? This is you didn't, you didn't enjoy that film, Dan. I thought of you. Um during a couple of scenes on that. That's a worry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not going to ask the question. Why don't you go and see the film? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. You mean the scenes where there was, what, there was some young man with very finely cut cheekbones and poise walking across the screen? Was that it? No, it wasn't in those scenes, no. <laughs> I feared as much. <laughs> I thought that may be the case. Um, so, I think, broadly speaking, we, we are, I think we're looking reasonably decent. Yes, there are issues, and, and the football, I, I grant you, is not of the highest entertainment, um, the highest quality entertainment it could be. Um, our, we have the international break now, and I'm not entirely sure whether that's actually... That's a good thing. Usually, when the international break arrives, it's kind of all you know. If we're on a bad run, then it's, it may be a good thing. If we're on a good run, then it's a bad thing. But I actually think what we need to be doing at the moment is just we we need to keep playing. Um, we have, I think it's West Ham away next, then Basel, um, and I think our next next home game is Southampton, which I think might suit us because they don't appear to be in the kind of form where they're going to they're going to turn up and put 11 men behind the ball I actually think they'll try and play which probably suits us better than uh, mm. better a, than a team with a very good defensive record it has to be said very, yeah very true They, um, I think they have the best defence in the league at the moment as far as I'm as far as I'm aware um, it's difficult to know what to suggest I, do, I, I don't think we're likely to be spending big chunks of money in January because generally it's 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 a it's a transfer window of doom because there aren't many available and who is available generally tends to go for sort of silly money. I think the only really decent buy we've made in January is um, is probably an Elka. Um, we got Torres and Luis in January, didn't we? Yes, yes, we did. And Ivanovic. We did. I've, did Ivan arrived at the same time as um, an Elka? An Elka we? did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He didn't actually play that much, as far as I can remember. No, I, I, no, thought, not he, not I, I no. thought he was like the badger, um, like, you know, like a mythical creature that you know you, just, <laughs> you you only saw on on clips on the television through some sort of foggy camera and you know, whatever. But um, you know, they they proved me wrong in the end because you know, like you said, for six months we never saw him. Yeah, no, he was um, conspicuous. Willie Willi, Willian looked quite decent on uh, Wednesday, I thought. He looked like a player who can run with the ball and beat a player, which I think we're lacking. Yeah, I think, actually, it's, it's, it's an interesting... It's going to take him a while, I think, to, to you know, settle in, but he he looks like he, he's going to turn into something, I'd say. It's, it's an interesting point in the sense that I think the two... Million quid, you know, so. The two, the two signings that I think we were probably, or Chelsea fans as a whole, were most ambivalent about over the summer were Willian and Scherler. Um both of whom I think have, and Beto as well, um, all three of whom I actually think have looked pretty decent. Um, I like Scherler. I think he's yeah, and you know he's 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 got a bit of purpose about him. He, he runs at players, he works hard, and um, you know he's now cropped up with a goal. So um, long may that continue. Um, 
any other business? I, I think we've, we've sort of we've kind of covered where we are. It's it's a bit sort of doomy gloomy in the sense that we've come off the back of a couple of slightly disappointing results. But prior to that, we we were starting to look. Well, I, I'm, I'm not reasonable. It's because it's November. The yeah. clocks have gone back, mm. and although apparently statistically we have done in the past done very well in November just appears to be in the last few seasons November I think we're all suffering with a bit of November itis or mm. whatever the disease that you suffer in November is called which indeed I think, I think it's also worth I mean for me I'm just putting out doom and gloom I mean it, it, you know we've often said that it would be nice to have six or seven teams in competition you've got that this year so far um, I don't think that is. I don't think that's a criticism of the the, the the Premier League and big teams falling backwards. I think it's that everyone else is lifting the bar as well. Um, you've got some you know bright young managers in there out to prove a point and everything. And, and to be honest with you, we could have been sitting here even more doom and gloom, but just about every single result has gone our way. I think it, yeah. the disease is called. There is one called SAD, but it's SDD, isn't it? Seasonally defensive disorder. <laughs> what Chelsea normally go down with yeah. around this time of year. Eleven, 11 men behind the ball, etc. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I think ultimately, yeah. When you look at it, we have where are we? Um, six points. The, the top eight, six points between top and, and eighth place. Yeah. So, you know, we're. What, four points behind Arsenal, who we have to play twice in the league anyway. Um, Southampton are obviously Southampton and Liverpool to an extent are the sort of the surprise package. Everyone else is kind of pretty much as you expect them to be. City are probably lacking a little bit, but you know one or two decent results and, and it starts to starts to go their way again. Yeah. Um, and then the rest are the rest as as you would expect them to be. So it, it, I mean, it's. I'm it's I'm in a sort of juxtaposition to Mark, I think, and and in that I I'm feeling more confident and upbeat than I was any time last year, much much more. I, I, is it just the Mourinho effect? Is it just because I actually think, um, you know, in comparison when we've had to stand up when we've been pitched against better teams, we've actually looked pretty good, um, and I even include Bayern Munich in that, you know, um, in the in the Super Cup or whatever. Um, and and I, I just think that the, the Premiership's waiting for a pack to pull away, three or four to pull away, um, and I think we'll be in there. I, I genuinely do believe we'll be in there. I think our players are just. It's this. What did yeah, Mark, no, I see Mark alluded to it the other week about this making this cake? You know, and it's not quite. You know, we've got a bit of a soggy bottom at the moment, and uh, you know, Paul Hollywood is you know probably winging his way to Southwest Six to to help us sort it out. I I, I feel more upbeat. I, I feel. Different to Mark. I, there was no way you were getting me out of that ground yeah. yesterday. No way. You know, so it's interesting, isn't it? I, I'm the voice of, of positivity. I can't believe it. It's unusual. I'll give it that. It's very unusual. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, so, if anyone has anything else to chuck in, by all means, please do. Because I think we've sort of we've rounded up quite well there in, in a fairly. If, if you can hear me, I've Six got my... my, my in, in our, within our, our time frame, as, yeah. um, as, as tradition dictates. Ed, I, I, was, I was listening to Five Live on the way home the other night. Carry on. Uh, and they kept going on about this player we've got called Edna Zar. And I was going, Edna who? 
Right. So if you're the five live presenter, mm. it is not Edna. You're, you're, about, you're about to go for you're about to oh. go for the pronunciation, man. Are you? Fucking hell! Yeah. Just, it, it drives me nuts. This whole Edna Czar. Well, well you've got a drug czar. You've got a this czar, yeah. gang czar. So you've got yeah. to have an Edna czar. Yeah, someone rounding up all those rogue Ednas out there. Jesus yes, Christ, you know. So I, I, I just wanted to rant about it. You know right. what Someone's got to get a control. Evil everyone with this time. I'm, yeah. I've got something to say. Uh, it, it, it will sound like sort of whinging Chelsea fan uh, paranoia, but I've got something to say about the patent media bias that we're now living with on a daily basis. I was uh, I was driving back from a trip up to my dear old mum's, and I had the daughter, beloved daughter, in the back. She's eight, um, and I have to say I'm grateful to Absolute Radio for broadcasting a commentary on the game. I can't remember who was actually doing the commentating, but Clark Carlisle was the summariser. And uh, it was relatively irritating for the first half, but I didn't really he, say he much. Is, he is an extraordinary fuckwit, it has to be yeah. said, but carry on. So anyway, the second half started, and um, obviously I, I threw aside any thoughts of the mental scarring that this might... Yeah, you know, the effect this will have on my daughter to sit in the back of a car hurtling along at you know 40 miles an hour down a dual carriageway <laughs> while her father screams at the radio and as in Chelsea if you don't get your act here you're going to concede it see look I told you see what did I just say <laughs> look they've just conceded one now they've really got to pull it I think what what did I say if they didn't look they've just conceded no so she was listening to this sort of ranting going on but I said nothing about Clark Carlisle I then quietened down and he would by now was chortling away in with his um uh his uh his jolly circuits completely overloaded by the fact that Chelsea were now two one down when a voice pipes up from the back and says he's very biased that man isn't he (laughs) and this this is a girl who doesn't watch football you know, she's been down to talk with her mum once, but she's not, you know, a football type yes. person. She was listening to someone's speech pattern on the radio and detecting bias. So if an eight-year-old can pick it up, then I don't feel I'm being paranoid. And, you know, it was shocking. And then I sat down and watched Match of the Day last night. And Michael Owen, Michael Owen, who was forced to the ground by the a bit of loose stitching in an Argentinian shorts in a World Cup game and was happy to take the penalty, (laughs) had the effing cheek to say that, yeah, Stephen Reid is over six foot. He must be a 12-stone man. He's moving at speed. Ramirez is moving at speed. The two of them collided. Now, you could say that Ramirez possibly reached in to sort of make sure he took the contact... But there, as, as Michael Owen was expert in doing in his day, I would suggest. Yeah, but Michael Owen, Michael Owen only needed to get that sort of slight double hem that you get at the bottom of the short, brushing, <laughs> brushing the the pronounced goosebump type hair on his leg because he's getting to that level of excitement, and down he went. You know, Ramirez took the full force of Stephen Reed colliding with him. Now, you're entitled to your own opinion as to whether it was a penalty or not, but one. The famous phrase, there was contact, wasn't used because they're freaking well fairly obviously was. And two, to describe it as a shocking decision, as as uh, Shearer did, it, it, you could say it was a poor decision. You could say the referee maybe made a mistake. 
but there was a definite collision of bodies and he decided that Reed could have avoided it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just... And it's, then, as I said earlier, the fact that they completely omitted that the, the guy came off his feet going into Ivanovich. I just think, with the way they've carried on about Louise recently and so on and so forth, it, it's just shameful on there. There's no balance at all. And as I say, I I'm would, with my eight-year-old. It's I just would, yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would suggest that um, Clark Carlisle is, is, is sort of wheeled out as the um, the intelligent footballer because he once appeared on Countdown. In my opinion, he was given one oh too many. <laughs> um, and I um, I was actually I was, I was at a party a, a few weeks ago Michael Owen was there and I walked past him and he didn't fall over so you know he's obviously sorted himself out a wee bit um, <laughs> no I think that's all reasonable points Mark do you have anything that you wish to shout about to the group no no I'm, I'm feeling quite upbeat as um, the others are with <laughs> Well, anyway, um, Donald's daughter, um, she may not have detected um, antagonism towards Chelsea. It's eight years of coaching from her father, who has made her hypersensitive to anything about Chelsea, because he's been moaning in the front seat all that time. Yeah, but I didn't, I, I didn't moan about bias. I was moaning about Chelsea's defending, but I didn't talk about bias. She is autom- She has herself listened to the speech patterns and decided that someone out there, she didn't know who, seemed to be, because she knows that she's listening. Well, the problem is, of course, yes, it is our fault. She's been brought up listening to Radio 4 and the BBC, and she's got this idea of public service broadcasting and some sort of neutrality. And we were listening to Absolute Radio, which is probably, you know, some sort of commercial station. And, um, yes, I, I suppose it is my fault. I've brought her up with public broadcasting ideals, which Absolute Radio has failed to deliver. To, to, to and, educate, entertain and inform, I believe. And one last thing, while we're on the subject of uh, commercial radio, again, I was listening to talk radio this afternoon and there was an ad break and I suddenly realised what Eden Hazard or Eden Hazard or Edna was Ed thinking Hazard. about just before he took that penalty. Do you know what he was thinking about? Just before he took that penalty, he was thinking how confident he felt because he'd been using head and shoulders. <laughs> That's I, I heard it on talk radio this afternoon. They had an advert where a bloke was taking a penalty. Do I go bottom left? Do I go bottom right? <laughs> and he confidently put it away because he had used head and shoulders. Ed Hazard right. was not worrying about dandruff appearing on his blue shirt. He was able to concentrate fully and put that ball away. So he's not he's not so much Ed Nazard as Ed and Shoulders. Oh, Ed and Shoulders, that's what we're going to call You it. beat me to it, you bastard. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Chairman's privilege, old son. Chairman's Absolutely, privilege. Absolutely, yes. I wouldn't have it any other <laughs> way. You refer to from now on as Ed and Shoulders. Ed and right. In which case, I think we will round off. Tony, I can't remember whether you'd done the big ride when we last spoke. Uh, yes, I did. I completed 300 miles in three days. Um, uh, and uh, and it was extraordinarily testing and painful and I don't think the phrase I can't fucking do this anymore went through my mind as much as it did on the last day probably about ten times every minute but uh, I did it and, do you know, uh, how, how much did you raise for prostate cancer? in total it's about £1,550 at the moment so done very well, I'm very it's pleased and, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. A round of applause from Send. Well done. Um, I would. Um, I would say that we have uh, obviously the international break, so we're off air for a, a little while longer, um, and we will be back to cover, I suspect, West Ham and then Basel. Um, other than that, um, an impec—I would suggest an impeccably observed minute silence yesterday. Um, Superb. For Remembrance Day, which I thought was very, very good indeed. Um, unless anyone else has anything final, please do. No, I'm that's done. it. In which case. In which case, uh, we will bid you all farewell and uh, we will catch up with you next time. Gents, good night. Good, good night. night. Good night.